I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Creep Dive. Hi. <laughs> That's so happy and uplifting. Sophie Altright. <laughs> Fuck you. It is Sophie, best-selling author, voice talent, and newly in the second trimester, no longer embittered sloth. White. We actually should, and that's Jen O D W Y E R, and I'm Cassie Delaney, and we are now <laughs> officially we are voice talents. We've we've been we've been scouted. we've been approached and scouted for an actual voiceover agency. Bullshit. This is a friend. <laughs> no, let's big it up, okay? Yeah, Volcanic. Yeah. Cut her out. Dot IE. You're never gonna get a job like that. I'm just. You can't get on and be like, oh fuck, this is for three. Look. They have really <laughs> good. Mobile broadband offers. I'm oh, getting, fuck this. Go on three if you're a loser. Use I'm, it to listen to the creep dive. I'm never getting I've a job. I've got a deep voice. True. Um, this is it's pointless. <laughs> is this just a, this is we a friend this nudge. This is a job. Oh, sorry. I feel, like, I feel like they wanted one of us. I think they us. wanted, let's be real, voice on Sophie White. I actually um, think yeah, that's I true. Do, I do think it's true. <laughs> yeah, I think so like, too. I said it and Lydia was like, oh. Yeah. It's not going to be you. Like, and, uh, <laughs> internally, I didn't tell anyone, but I was like, it ain't me. It ain't no. Because it the odd time I and listen. my incredibly healthy ego was like, it's me. Yeah, exactly. So you've got the enthusiasm to deliver an audio <laughs> script. Whereas Jen and I would struggle to read it out at the best of times. I I'd be embarrassed to read out the long words. <laughs> I just there's no possible way anyone's gonna be like that nasal down voice lady. She's the lady I need. Yeah, <laughs> especially in a library of other voices. It's like, oh, Wait. I'll just compare this one that's just always slightly too flat to this other perfect <laughs> actor talent who's trained to do this in the gaiety. What about like for fucking nasal sprays? You could absolutely own that market. Oh, we could be the yeah. before people. Yes. Um, and I have I have such a like a. Uh, uh, weird hang up we were actually just you guys were talking about this in the in mother pod of the shit comments you get when you work online and you work in that space where people feel you know just obliged to comment on your work and tell you things 
And one time I worked in, uh, well, Sophie and I both used to work in uh, Maximum Media and I narrated a video on her.ie and someone just commented, <laughs> she has a shit voice. <laughs> <laughs> Shit voice. <laughs> Shit voice. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. It was so mean. And it's the one thing I remember because it was so succinct. Well, there you Shit go. Shit voice. Shit voice. Do you remember our friend who got the um, oh, fucking best one ever? And you guys made a t-shirt for her. A jumper, a hoodie that was Don't Megan Cassidy. Who also co <laughs> Sorry. That's just what they called her. Co-host of Before Brunch, which is returning. Yay. Can't wait. I did enjoy Before, Before Brunch. Brunch. It's returning next next weekend you did week, not this weekend next weekend and um yeah megan got called a dumb titty bitch yeah dumb and i got she was leaving and, and we got a printed on a piece. jumper and for, for I, what it was just a comment on a piece but i can't remember funny the piece she'd written something funny and somebody in the comments has called her dumb, dumb titty, titty bitch. bitch love it she and does have a jazz rack i remember going <laughs> to get the jump collect the jumper that we had printed for her in her last day presented with this item of clothing and um, I had to like really stress in the printers that I wasn't bullying someone that it was like she would love <laughs> she it. She was in on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is okay. This is a this laughing win. Yeah. <laughs> she will enjoy. She's a dumb titty bitch, but she'll enjoy this jumper. <laughs> oh, to be called a dumb titty bitch. It never happened for me. Um, no. You I'm, could be like a small titty bitch. I'd say. Um, dumb like, non titty bitch. Mm. Big, Empty bra motherfucker I was gonna say like Big nipple bitch Like I'm all nip Nothing else Well you're pregnant now So that's well, all Well no now I've got some boobie uh, uh, Sorry mother of pod content I was gonna start on Never mind Start on her um, Phenomenal response this week Actually to our live shows In a weird way that Oh has, thank you That yes, has two thirds of us Extremely nervous you bought loads Shit, of tickets. Am I not nervous? I don't. I think you're like buzzed on this whole different level of excitement. And Jen and I are like, who? They're coming to kill us. Why did they buy tickets? No, it's going to be awesome. I've got a different level of. Um, there's. A, I have tension. Um, it's. But I can't. I actually can't talk about it publicly. It's. It's something no. to do with the location. I have my own minor stresses that I haven't shared with you guys because I'm a bit like. This Save it Look, for the it's night. It's fucking legit haunted, guys. We're it's all absolutely yeah. fucked. So you're terrifying. finally getting it's into so it. Cool. Terrible. Do you know it's not haunted? Trust, I don't. Cork. Anyone who's never been to Henrietta Street in Dublin, though, this is such a fucking treat. It's so exciting to now, be going there for the first the time. The tickets are sold out, so oh, let's yeah, stop yeah, talking yeah, let's about let's it. Sell it yeah. Um. I am I In record am time as well Ridiculous But I am buzzing for Cork actually Because this place that we're performing in Kino Never heard of it, it No it just reopened as something. Oh. It's, it's, I'm not sure if it hasn't reopened yet or New Jacks But it's it's um, They're like Feist are playing Ooh. Wow Yeah Like they, they've got It seems to have this really cool venue And I, I'm dying to see it Alright And also I just think Cork will be gas And I adore the Cork accent So Please come along to Cork. Yeah, I uh, second that. John's heard it. No, yeah, not Jen. No, it's going to be I'm great. I'm excited about driving down uh, on Sunday morning. In Sunday morning tunes, in the tunes in the car with the tunes. Nice in your car. Yeah, no, your no. car. Oh, since I totaled mine. Okay. Um, not to worry about that. Back in. Do we have any creep business up top? No, thanks. Uh, we do look. Look, we have. Okay, so here's here's oh, shit. here's the I deal. I didn't know right? about this. No, 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 no. no. Here's it's the just tote stress. Continues, to- I am right? tote. Ali stress. Let me do it, Cass. 
there's 300 totes ordered because at the time of ordering, that's as, that's how many Patreons. Oh, no, and a little bit, and I had a little bit of a, a we leeway. We had leeway, right? Since then, there's been more Patreons. So we don't have totes for, for the later people who've signed on. So what we're going to do, because we have to do this, is wait until we hit a certain number and then reorder in order to get the deal. Okay. Otherwise, we're looking at 45 quid a tote. Okay. Yeah, we can't just order them as they come in. So I'll so, do another round of totes probably in a month. So if you want to get a tote and you're not a patron, sign up now so that you're in the next for the next lot. totes because they are actually ridiculously cool. Well, let's not lose our fucking shit here. It's a cotton bag. 100% cotton. Yeah, but with an original Cassie Delaney design on it. Right. It's great and all, but just chill. Okay. Are you sure that we're the ones who need to chill? You look so fucking intense over I'm just there. saying, if you're waiting on a tote and you're getting pissed off, use a fucking another bag in the meantime. <laughs> yes. Right? Okay. But also, thank you so much for your continued support and patronage. Yes. Use if, another bag. Also, if you're coming to Aldi Henrietta. Aldi do good ones for 17 oh, cent. Come on I'm now. just saying. Hey. If no. you, don't send them away. I can see the cancellations coming through and they haven't even All heard I'm this sa- yet. Okay. <laughs> If you're coming to Henrietta Street, either on the 29th yeah. or the 30th, we'll do a pickup point for you and your tote. And if you're not coming, it'll be posted to you. So we know who you are because you've we bought have, a ticket. Yeah. So we can cross-reference. So, so we're literally here with lists of people being oh so GDPR unfriendly, commenting on you all. And do you know how many people are listening to this now going, if I hear about these fucking totes one more time, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm leaving you sorry, a one-star review. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> okay. Forget that, whatever, great. It's a great bag. Look, what whatever. did we come here to do? We came here to creep. Let's go. And I've been doing an intense creep. I've had an intense day, which has added to my You are focus pretty intense now. And intensity. <laughs> there's, a, there's an empty bottle of wine here and <laughs> so I'm empty. on the dry and Sophie's pregnant. So. It's not empty. I'm assuring both of you I'm sober enough to deliver this creep with gusto. It's just weird that the wine has hit your system and it's done the reverse of what one would expect a wine to do. It's wound you tighter and tighter. <laughs> Through gritted teeth we have this, this story. What are you doing there? I'm just uh, oh, trolling for sponsorship. Okay, Any everyone. soft drinks want to. It's like the everyone crinkle everything cinema. quickly. All right, quickly open the Quick tweets. Crinkle. All right, Jen. <laughs> Guys, please. Jack I can't take a bit this. of a wine this is reminding mom. me of a family dinner. Stop it. Wine mom. <laughs> wine mom. There's like, how many packets of sweets are you opening? <laughs> oh, live, laugh, love, Jen. <laughs> live, laugh, love. <laughs> I love your jumper. Is that open ear? Yes, yeah, a good festival yeah, it's called really the Open nice. Ear Festival. All right. Okay. Here, I'm going to te- Okay, ready? Creep dive headline. Costumes at Halloween, guys. Oh, for Jesus. I just thought I'd just thought I'd throw it out there. <laughs> we're getting dressed up. We're, we're all dressing There's up. time. There's time. I'm so excited. Okay, let's go. Uh, okay. I'm going to incorporate the bump. Um, let's see about the headline here. Okay, here we go. Sherlock Holmes. Fairies. Two small children. <laughs> okay. Like, you know a headline has to okay. make sense. So you Sorry. always play charades or something. I you do. Kind of do a yeah. sort of. But okay, I'm enjoying You're it. Two small children, right. fairies, and Sherlock Holmes. Come back with me. I'm into it. Fado, fado. Fado, fado. The year is 1917. Ooh. I think you'll both know these 
Anyway, you might know when I say the Cottingley fairies. Have you heard of this? Cottingley? No. Cotting, Cottingley is a place in England. And uh, these photographs are a very, very old 1917 sort of hoax, I guess you could say. So what they are, are photographs. They're actually gorgeous photographs of children with fairies. Mm. So if you're on your phone, you could Google cotting. Why is it so hard to say? Cottingly fairies. And then you'll see all the photographs. So the year is 1917. We're talking about two cousins here. Um... One age nine, Francis, and one age 16, Elsie. So Francis was born in South Africa. And this is World War I time. Mm. So uh, obviously everyone called the men back to fight for England in World War I. So back Francis's family came to England to stay with her cousin Elsa mm-hmm. and her family. And, uh, Elsa's a real haunted name, isn't it? Elsa is a haunted name. Mm. And she was much older, 16. Mm. So here they came. And uh, obviously Frances was like, what the fuck is this? First of all, snow happened and she was the, her mind was blown. Oh, also, yeah. there was a heavy rain and she, she saw like a guttering overflowing of water and was like, what the fuck? A terrible waste of water that is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, it's a different sort of a gig. So... Um, <laughs> She also, the family were sort of, there was kind of a general stress time. Like, Frances' mother lost all her hair. Out of stress? Out of stress. Well, her dad was in war. And it was sort of, it was a high tension time. Mm -hmm. But Elsa, whose family it was, her father, Arthur, was a photographer. So all the equipment for the photo stuff was there in the basement of the house. Mm. And at the time, the photographs were sort of plates. And then you'd got to develop it with various chemicals. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it was 1917 after all. Was that like still time when you had to stay really still for so long to take a well, picture? They had the little, Not quite. The no. little um, hoods over the backs of the cameras. No, yeah. that's still pre we're, that. We're post that. Post that. Uh, so like those little box tea cameras. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, like a little box. Brownie, is that what they're called? Yeah. yeah. That was the kind of vibe we were at. So Francis spent a lot of time down the end of the garden. And at the end of the garden was sort of a babbling brook kind of thing. Okay. Gorgeous. And uh, so a lot of, a lot of time she spent there. And then Elsa. she was. What? I don't know. Hanging out there. <laughs> okay. Making friends. <laughs> With fairies. Can you remind me, Francis is the younger Francis or the is the younger. Okay. Elsa is the, is older. the older. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, Francis from the kind of foreign land of South Africa was... Fascinated by the babbling brook. Yeah, I guess. Maybe it was a water thing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but sorry, back to her mother. So mother went bald from stress, so they say. It probably wasn't, but that's what they thought at the time. But that's sure, that what we're is, going with. Like, well documented. Sure. As in, like, stress you know. makes your hair fall out. Yeah. I guess so. Well, it did. So she wore a wig. And they were sort of, seemed to be sort of a pranking family. Okay. Like, she used to, like, whip the wig off and give everyone a lol, a lol at dinner and such. So it's a real look on the bright side. You know, chin up, chin up, keep calm and carry on. So the two girls would disappear. That's something Jen would post on Facebook. Francis was disappearing all the time. Then the end of the game. And why not? (laughs) Are you still with me? I am. It sounds not like I'm sorry. I was going to say it sounds not like I'm drunk, but in fact, that makes (laughs) me sound drunk. So 
Frances is down the end with a babbling brook, right? Chatting what she thought was fairies. And then Elsa sort of was kind of pissed off and sent out to get her a lot of the time. And then one day they appeared. Basically what happened was Frances went missing for ages. Elsa finally found her, came home, was like, and then they were like, where were you? Big fight. We were looking at fairies. At fairies, okay. And then their uncle Arthur and the mum with the wig was like, there's no fairies. And then Elsa was like, I'll prove to you that there's fairies. Yeah. And took one of her dad's cameras, came back with photographs of them with fairies. Wow. So this, at the time, Arthur, the dad, who was a photographer, was like, this is bullshit. But a very advanced he, well, he, photography trick. Not really. For a child. Well, yes, I guess. Elsa was 16, though. Okay, yeah. She yeah, was also... Still, like, at the time, probably a... Um, is it, like, a double exposure thing? Or no. Is it? uh, it's actual uh, drawings. Ah. So They're just pictures of drawings. They're drawings, and they've cut them out, and they're sort of propped up on thin pieces of wire. Yeah, so they took the photo with the drawing. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, it isn't a trick of photography. Mm. It's an actual photograph. Anyway, however, the dad seemed to kind of know what the fuck is going on. The mother... Uh, believed. Believed. Oh, shit. No, hardly. <laughs> no. like. So let She's me set the scene already got so much on her plate. Well, this is symptomatic of the time. Funny you should say. So we're talking about the world, uh, World War One. Yeah. Millions of people are dying in war. The the kind of the general vibe was we're ne- going to need to look for something positive. Basically, this thing called spiritualism. Kicked yes. off. Ah, yes. Yes. So this had been going pre, I think it, it kicked off in the late 1800s. Mm. And it's a whole other creep. It was started by two sisters. Spiritualism. Mm. And the whole thinking on it was it was religious. But it believed that after you die, your spirit could embody things and was kind of exi- coexisting with you on this plane. Yeah. And your spirit would go on then to live. It basically around the time. So these two sisters invented seances mm. and they were kind of the originators of this movement. But it was it was considered to be theological as well. So it sort of went hand in hand with religion. It There was no which it could only ever do because if they were to suggest it was anti-religion it would have been killed immediately. Mm. And crucially what it did was kind of give hope and kind of feeling of niceness to the families who'd lost people to believe that they could that their loved ones weren't with them. Yeah, exactly yeah. weren't totally gone. Um, so this guy what's his name again? Gardner was kind of a leader in this movement it was at the time. So he was hosting these seminars that were travelling through England and her mother attended one of these seminars. Mm. So not only did she attend one specifically about fairies, but she brought along the photograph that her daughter, sorry, this is now, it doesn't matter, that the girls had taken. Yeah. So this guy, Gardner, obviously loved this. Yes. And he was like, what you got there? This looks interesting. You got to think about his motive as well. Like what he was peddling here. This is a bit of proof potentially. Yeah. So he took the photo and just ran with it. So what he looked for initially, interestingly enough, was authenticity. So he Mm. went to Kodak, which was operational at the time, to look to see if they could verify 
the photographs. Photo hadn't been, yeah. And Kodak were like, okay, well, you we can see here that they basically gave him an inconclusive answer. Mm-hmm. So what he was actually looking for was, uh, was this fo- photograph authentic? Which it was. It mm. was a photograph. It hadn't been doctored basically during yeah. the during the what do you call the process development process. Yeah. Um. So he was like, okay, okay, this is good. I got something here. And he continued sort of to take this to kind of basically. There's it was if you look at the photos now, what you're looking at, there's no is a doctored version of them. Yeah, what you're looking at now is a cleaned up, sharpened. Exactly. Image. Yeah. But that so you look at them that now, sharpened thing happened during that time because he found somebody to sharpen up the image now the images were sort of peddled around and they basically most people were like this is clearly fake because it sort of looks fake it looks like drawings doesn't Mm. it Mm. but what the sharpness of what we're seeing now isn't what the original ones look like so you could see then how there could have been a bit of tomfoolery at the time so where am I So Gardner had the photographs and he was sort of peddling them around and the girls were going, had been sort of left alone for a couple of years while the photographs had momentum of their own. So there was a lot of kind of high profile people operating in this, what's it called again, this movement? Spiritualism. Spiritualism. And one of those people was the author. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Correct. Ah. The author of the Sherlock Holmes uh, Mm. series. So, uh, he was a man who'd lost a lot of things through this war. I think he lost a brother, he lost like three cousins, and he lost his son Mm. through influenza. But, like he, there was kind of a motive for him to be part of this movement based on that vibe. Yeah. So you can kind of see why Why he might have clicked onto it. But, so he... He his publications. I'm just trying to find where Sherlock Holmes started was in a magazine, and I can't actually. Let me see now. I'll find it here. Called do do do. Damn, I've lost it. Anyway, this was uh, Sherlock Holmes started as short stories in a magazine, mm. and uh, by the time these photographs came along, Sherlock Holmes was absolutely famous, and mm-hmm. uh, Conan Doyle was massively famous. And he got a hold of these photographs and he just lost his fucking mind. He thought this was the best thing he's ever seen. He completely believed them. Even though at this point there was two very clear... Schools of thought on it. it yeah, like, and yeah. to be honest, most people were like, this shit's fake. Yeah. Uh, but Conan Doyle was choosing to believe that it was absolutely real. Not only that, but he was funding kind of propaganda to help the cause ah, of them. Yes, yes. So he sent out, he sent Gardner back to the girls. I think it was nearly two years later to get more photographs. So the whole thing about fairies at the time, it was kind of, it was totally embedded in the spiritualism. Fairies, I think the whole folklore began in like the northern, in Norway or somewhere. This, I, and fairies kind of, were kind of intrinsically linked to children. Mm-hmm. and Yes, because fairies used to come along and take your children and swap them out with other children. Correct. And they would be abs- absolutely. That and was, when I was um, researching that, I was like... The, it was the chi- changelings. Absolutely right, Cass. And there was some kind of kind of borderline. You could see then how maybe postnatal depression would have kind of gone along with that train of thought. It, yeah. There was all this mad writing about how breastfeeding... 
And if the child was too interested in the bu- in the breastfeeding, then that would have been a sign that it was a changeling. Oh, my mm. God. Like addicted to the mother's poison is the way I read it. And I was like, fucking weird. It sort of lends itself to all this female hysteria madness as mm. well. Isn't it? Like it's so typical. But uh, all right, where was I? So Conan Doyle had funded Gardner to go back to the girls and get more photographs. Mm-hmm. And like at this point, it feels like Gardner knew this is bullshit. So what he did was he brought his own equipment. Yeah. And he just left the girls with it. Okay. Do you know? And the thought, and like they're interviewed, the two ladies were interviewed. There was a couple of documentaries made with them after the fact, way later in the 70s mm. and also in the 60s. As adults. As, as adults. adults. But, and it's like what they said at the time as well was that no, the fairies would only come out if to children. They would only show themselves to children. Of course. So he, that was a reason to leave them alone. How's Elsa swinging that? She's what, like 19 now? Well, exactly. <laughs> That's what I thought. But it's still a child, I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Whatever. But they did produce more photographs. Do you think they were like, uh, oh, they definitely, I roll. They really were. <laughs> yeah. So think about it from their perspective. Like they're two kids. Suddenly there's this massive interest. And this guy, Mr. Sherlock Holmes is here. Yeah. I mean, they can fucking hardly say it's a fake now. Mm. Oh, it's kind of like the Enfield hauntings if the Enfield hauntings had been fake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> so, and also, Arthur, it, what's interesting, the first set of photographs went off via the dad, obviously, who's the head of the household at the time. The man would have been. And he refused to take any payment for them, which is sort of an indication that he sort of knew. Mm. Right. Uh, so it, feel, it just basically, anyway, just everyone like they sort were all of knew. A bit like, just give Gardner what he wants. Absolutely right they were. Give Conan what he wants. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, they produced more as another set of images. But it is funny, like, and in the interviews post, the two ladies are like, you can see how sort of fucked off we are with this at this point. Uh, they definitely were not that but there's one really funny one of um, I think it's Elsa the older girl with a gnome this time (laughs) and it's gas but what sort of what she says is and I'll pull up there because the audio is pretty cool Uh, but what kind of had them rumbled at the time so what they were they were copying images from and they are really beautiful drawings and uh, Conan and his team of kind of propagandists to kind of suggesting this was real mm. kind of had uh, had suggested that no human could draw these beautiful like this was the hand of this you know what I mean it was all like wank yeah a <laughs> lot of wank no one could draw something this beautiful yeah I'm just going to get into the interview with the two ladies here I said we uh, the, the long happen put it so here Elsa, the older lady, is describing how they did it. Down, down the back like that. And stuck the, uh, the tape at the back like that. And then gradually wormed that down. They were longer than that, though. They were, oh, they were about that. I mean, it's... 18 inches at least. And then wormed that down into the earth. And... Uh, they said that uh, they said that the thing was that they could see them, that the fairies were moving when the photographs were taken, but that's because they did it in the breeze. And <laughs> 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 never even thought of it being a fraud. It was just Elsie and I having a bit of fun. And I can't understand that to this day why people were taken in. They wanted to be taken in. But people keep often say to me, don't you feel ashamed that you've made all these 
poor people look fools. They believed in you. But I don't because they wanted to believe. Look at this photograph. That fairy's all out of drawing. That leg doesn't belong to that fairy. Mm -hmm. And somebody pointed it out in the, in the newspaper. And one of our dear believers said, well, fairies aren't like humans. They haven't got bodies like we Aww. have, a, a skeleton and arms and legs. They, they sort of put it together with thought. And sometimes it doesn't come out right. Aww. We didn't, didn't have to tell a lie about it at all because always somebody came out to justify it. So kind of, at, I know, they're so sweet now. Actually, they've had a massive falling out, sadly. Um, <laughs> so Francis, the younger one, uh, had sort of held fast to that. They made a, they, between them, they were like, we can never tell anyone this is fake. Yeah. This has gone way too we're fucking in far. Too we're in too deep. We're in too deep. So, uh, and Francis held to that. Elsa. <gasps> Did the older dirty. one. Well, what happened was, as they kind of grew up, the... Basically, let me finish off. The Conan stuff, Conan Doyle, he, this fairy thing sort of put a nail in the coffin of spiritualism. It sort of debunked the whole fucking thing because yeah, it was such yeah. an obvious, yeah. like, fakery. And his pushing it as well. So the whole spiritualist movement were like, fucking shut up, Conan. <laughs> we're losing our viewers here. <laughs> and uh, he would not stop pushing You're clicking it. away, Conan. Absolutely, yeah. So um, so the girls then, it sort of waned interest and people were like, oh, they forgot about it. And the girls kind of went on and Francis, as I said, held to the vow of never telling anyone. And they went on to be grandmothers and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And Elsa, though, when she had her grandchildren, people started asking her children when they started asking questions like she fessed up. Yeah. And Francis to this. Well, yeah, well, I think she might be dead now. But Francis said something like, what was her line again? She was like. We drew, sorry, it was what we had, we, we saw what we had imagined was sort of her line. Mm. So she wasn't outwardly covering a lot of stuff there. Yeah. So basically she just never, she held to, and they sort of had a falling out over it, sadly. So um, I'm not sure now whether they reconciled before their death, but that was sort of, it ended in a bad taste in their mouth anyway. But what a lovely story. What a lovely story. Beautiful. Isn't it? Isn't Something. that mad? They are beautiful drawings. Did they draw them? Elsa uh, drew them, but she was like very talented and had always been drawing from a very yeah, small child. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah. And it's just mad, that level of, it's like a now, nowadays sort of hoax and this kind of hysteria clicking onto it. But mm. that spiritualism is, war- is kind of needs to be deep dove. I mean, that's fucking mad. Like at the time, people were just having seances in their gaff. Like yeah, every dinner sure, party. Yeats was mad into Sorry, it. Sorry, Yeats did. I forgot yeah. to mention as well. What they were doing at the time was, uh, was which, which was trending heavily with photography, was they'd photograph you in the hope that a spirit might An orb might develop. But, an orb. But it was actually, they were kind of duplicate. They were ma- remat during the kind of what do you call the process again? Developing development process. You can overexpose things and you can totally change what the oh yeah looks you can like. scratch the film and you get all yes. sorts of effects and that's what they were doing. Yeah. So people like Yates and Conan were big guys. They would have their photo photograph taken and the p- things would be appearing behind them and 
It was mad. Like every dinner party ended with a fucking Ouija board. <laughs> I tell you, we were Don't born at the wrong time. I no. totally agree. <laughs> I've seen it. But totally you can see all that. these people dying and then that the... Uh, you can see why it took off and why there needed to be this. There belief. needed to be something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the. It's not fascinating. Yeah, but people are mad. Absolutely. But like they never benefited from any of it, like financially, which is sad. <laughs> You're saying Jen's always about the bottom have, yeah, line. The bottom line. They <laughs> should have profited. But all of the it's stuff. It's a good that hoax, though. It was a great hoax, but what it kind of was. It was down to her being an extremely good drawer yeah I think as well it was down to people not understanding photography still well it was magic do you know that kind of way like yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the Victorians and stuff had loads of which were obviously the generation before that but like they'd load the theories about photographs and stealing and your they soul still do. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. there's still some cultures that you're not to take a photograph of you're not to take a portrait of someone mm. Um, Man, have we gone the I opposite guess, direction? I know, but I guess like as and new technology have ebbed away. You see it as new technology emerges that it's there's like the, you know, the creep of that time frame. Like yeah, obviously with photography, mad new technology. Them they didn't understand it. Therefore, the potential to confuse people or lead them astray. Early days of the internet, the amount of catfishes and whatever we had yeah magic yeah but like then it was sort of a positive it was sort of like oh my god brilliant like a whole new world has just opened up the possibilities are endless i wonder what's coming next what the weird like well surely it's the the what's it called now fate it's not face tuning it's it's like you can import somebody's face on someone else's body so it's impossible it'll become impossible to tell what's real and what's fake in terms of yeah but i think like photo manipulation and stuff and like the the secret personas online is just part like it's just an like an evolution of what people have already been doing for the last 10 years so it would have to be something totally yeah and i think people really accept it now like you know the way like i'd barely noticed like filters and things like that mm. anymore do you know what i mean oh they're so weird it's kind of weirder looking is at it people. just the presumption now that everything is fake yeah. yeah um so well that was great friggin fun loved it fantastic Thank you. oh fairy creeps whimsical creeps. absolute whimsical. Love it. and like no deaths no molestation <laughs> ah. just top level we might get through a whole episode Oh, are we having an uplifting time? I think it might be an uplifting episode. Uh, yeah. I'm interested this week because Cassie's going to give us a... S- I was going to call... Self-creep. Uh, yeah, creep. I'm going to go Sounds with a person. Stonanism creep. Uh, which actually leads in a little bit from your like meeting the fairies because I one time met my guardian angel in I person. I love this. And You remember mine? You. Happy Acres. Wow. I met mine too. I talked about it on the pod. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Happy Acres, you're going to have to refresh my memory. Briefly. A guy I met. A customer. Yeah, it was a customer in a shop I worked in. His name was, actual name was Happy oh, Acres. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell us about yours. Um, So my guardian angel is this hash-smoking Asian called Mo. But let me, I'll tell you the, the, the story. So, you know, basically in 2009, 10 years ago. Oh, my God, it's the 10-year anniversary of this creep. This is so why it's on my mind this week I went to a, a storytelling event actually that I wanted to give a shout out to because it was really really good it's called the Dublin Story Slam and it the theme was back to school and people get up and they tell live stories and I, I didn't get up is to it like the moth story. yeah I think it started off as as the Dublin 
chapter of the moth but like it's so good there's like seven minutes and people get up and tell stories delighted i didn't get up to tell a story because the caliber of stories was so ridiculous i was just been like oh this one time this thing happened to me um but the theme was back to school and it reminded me of when i went to ucd in 2009 right and when i was leaving secondary school and going into into ucd I knew a few people, but not that many. And like I went into arts in UCD and it was really clicky and it was really hard to make friends, really hard to meet people. So when I did make some and then friends. Your intimidation level. <laughs> I was probably help. more intimidated than anybody else. I was very, very You're like shy. a spider. A cannibal. <laughs> She's more afraid of you. It's just this there's just there's it's just, there's just a lot of me. The opposite? Is intimidating. It's just because I'm tall, but I'm actually just a very gentle, a gentle giant. giant. No, you're like a slender man. <laughs> but sort of creeping in the background. So I went into UC Casting long shadows. You're like, what the f- oh <laughs> <laughs> She's just bringing tall. bringing darkness wherever I thread. Uh, and it was all the long jackets and the this <laughs> the scythe just didn't make me any friends. Um so I met I met uh, this girl who lived near lived in kind of Terra near Temple Oak near me and we became friends. We were in the same English class. Now, when you made a friend in UCD as well, you'd, you'd be in a class with them and then you wouldn't see them for a week because you're just in so, there's 600 people like you're you're just surrounded by different people all the time and you're in different tutorials and all that kind of stuff. Like so when you when you met someone you got on with, you had to really latch on to them like you had to like go limpet, to the canteen. Like a limpet. Straight, yeah, you, you had to just be like we're friends now that's it right remind me to tell you about the uh, turtles and the whales with the the things barnacles that, that anyway stuck onto there yeah yeah so i was the barnacle and mm. um so i was chatting to to this girl and you know bonding what you like music blah blah, blah. and she mentioned this band and i was like yeah i really like them because they were on the oc soundtrack and i knew one song and like many people my musical choices were influenced heavily by the OC soundtrack and One Tree Hill. So I recognised one... Was it the Shins? They were on the OC, weren't they? They were, but I do like... Damien Rice got a gig on... Uh, he was he was like on One do, Tree do, Hill or something, do, do, wasn't he? Yeah. But um, I can't... I can't even remember the, uh, the name of the band now, but it was some like little... Innocuous indie band that were like potentially a little bit popular around there anyway couple of i she mentioned this band big fan i was like yeah i really like them that's cool bloody bad god and we became friends we were hanging out loads that was like in september october whatever when you were making friends and then it came to like the march of first year and said band were playing in the button factory and she's like do you want to go and i was like oh yeah okay like i mean i can't Renee on being a big fan of this band now. Sorry, were you spoofing? I was just kind of like, you know, okay. you're like, oh, love them. They're great. Yeah. They're fantastic. I have a poster on my wall. Trying to make a friend. Yeah. One song from the OC soundtrack is what I was familiar with. And then I obviously did go and listen to them. But like, I We've liked all done them. It. Placebo, aka Placebo. Yeah, there's, there's, there's I liked a guy who liked a band you know and you I couldn't I, say the band's name right you just still you still if it is I suppose we evolve now like if you're in a conversation someone's like if you listen to that podcast you're probably like yeah I really liked it very good um, <laughs> highly recommend I thought you were going to say we'd kind of evolved enough to say like nah and move on no. with the conversation instead of lying if I'm, to if I'm in the depths of a conversation and especially if it's podcast and someone throws something at me I'm like yeah I lived it love that love that oh. 10 out of 10 um <laughs> so 
this band were playing in the Button Factory. It really annoys me that I can't remember the name of the band. But they were so forgettable. Anyway, <laughs> this girl's mother, I'm going to call her a... I don't think she listens. I think she lives in Canada now. Anyway, her name is Ashley. And she was 17 going into UCD. She was really young. She's done even so young, one of those skip transition year kind of people. Anyway, her mother was like, I'll buy you and Cassie. T-. I'd never met her mother. But she was like, my mom said she'll get tickets to the gate. Because, you know, you had to buy on a credit card or whatever and probably didn't have any money in our in our current accounts. And uh, her mom was to buy the tickets. They were like 10 euro or something. Bit of a night out in the button factory. Everyone's happy out. Teeter on into town. We'd probably go, I don't know, where people, D2 or, or the 21s or, yeah. or Q Bar yeah. or somewhere afterwards. Um, but her mother made this weird mistake where she ended up buying tickets still only 10 euro but in berlin <laughs> right? right okay and then ashley was like <laughs> that is a weird mistake so either they were like sold out in the wooden factory she'd miss them ashley was a huge fan of this <laughs> band and her mother got tickets for berlin and ashley was like Did she get your plane tickets she well? was like well, we go to berlin and i was like i don't know we're in college we're supposed to go on all these mad adventures sure we'll go to berlin and go see this band <laughs> amazing <laughs> that we could barely remember the name of back then and i know like it was one of those bands like not like death cab for cutie but like of that kind of like male postal service no like they weren't that Phantom, big that that team it wasn't a team it was that band. it was They're that indie something. like emo male with a really high-pitched voice kind of vibe slightly rocky grant sad yeah like i just, really want to know i I'll, I'll try and forget but i can't i, I okay, just cannot on. and I, for go years, to berlin I, bring us so, to berlin and let's see so we, we go, go to berlin not just for the gig for five days <laughs> wow <laughs> wow I, right. like I think it. the flights were like ridiculously cheap or whatever we go to berlin and we're staying in we're staying in a hostel for the a hostel called St. Columbus Hostel. And then we were going to the generator, the generator in Berlin, which is like all neon lights, all like do, 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 whatever. So when you get to Berlin, bearing in mind Ashing was 17, I don't think she'd had that much exposure, exposure to alcohol. We get to this hostel, St. Christopher's Hostel, really nice hostel. And um, Jaeger literally came out of the taps. Like there was Jaeger and Jaeger bombs everywhere. And the first night that we were there in this hostel, every time we got a drink, again, really cheap beers, the barman was giving us Jaegers. And we got so drunk and we were so, so hungover on the Tuesday or whatever the next day. We were in South America. Were you there for that? Our friend, like it's happened to the best of us. Just exploded shit out of her arse after a night like no, that. No, I, I like, I don't want to give away details because I, did you my mother yourself? listened. No, no, I didn't. But like, did you I'm close? a, I'm a vomiter when I'm, when I'm drunk and when I'm hungover. And I did at one stage the next day stand on top of a spiral staircase and immediately vomit, and uh, it just went through the slats of the spiral oh staircase. God. <laughs> and there was a table underneath, so that was, you know, we were not welcome. Okay. Was it modest mouse? No, no, because they like they were big. Like I can just they are big now, but it would like, be really hard to find who they are because they didn't. Keen? No, no, because like they haven't had uh, any sort of career that you would 
Back like, to the hostel. Never heard of them okay, again. What about right? Fountains of Wayne? Oh, no, definitely okay. not. Right? <laughs> okay, let's go back to the hostel. So <laughs> then we were so hung over after our first night that we didn't drink then for like... I think the three days in between, like we went and we did well, explored good. Berlin and we, you know, good for you. did all the bits. We went to the zoo. We went to like, you know, we had a great time. We went to the gig and we were like too shook to like even drink at the gig. Underwhelming zoo. Berlin. But then I loved Berlin Zoo. But then we went, moved to the generator hostel. Which was like as German as like it was so German. And like they had this uh they had this pub crawl, right? And you paid 12 euro to go on the pub crawl and it, they were bringing you on this like city tour of like really cool spots. And um, then it all culminated in that big nightclub, the Bergheim. Bergheim. But as Ashing was only 17, they said there's no chance she would get into the Bergheim because... They just, they wouldn't let somebody in who was underage. So we were like, they were like, you can come on the pub crawl because all the other pubs are totally fine. Like, you won't have to show ID. It's totally grand. But you guys just knock off at, you know, I think it was like the sixth stop. And I was like, five pubs, grand for me. Absolutely fine. So we set off in this group on a pub crawl and there was these two American soldiers, painful. There was... (laughs) No offense. <laughs> no offense to any Americans. They were just like on sabbatical from from whatever up uh, the military. Absolutely painful. Um, Being then, deployed overseas fighting for their country, Cassie. Oh, my God. Boys dance over Then on. there was... That was bad. <laughs> Volcanic.ie if you want to get in touch and book Sophie White for any of your radio plays. Um, <laughs> then there was these three... Other, I think, German lads. Anyway, the point of the story is that we were the only two women on the tour. Uh-oh. It was so like scared six for Six or seven other. So seven scared teen. for Cassie six at all. Six or seven like, guys. Seven. Oh, she's like little man Tate or something. So, uh, what no, the fuck Ashing is she doing like, in college? Ashing was well able, right? <laughs> so, no, like she wasn't like, like not exposed to alcohol. I just don't think she was used to like 12 shots of Jaeger. Nobody was. Um... So we go off on this pub crawl, get to pub one. Great. Like we're having a great time. We're totally recovered from the first night. Kind of, you know, just getting on really well. Having great crack with a couple of these people. There's all these other pub crawls from all these other hostels going to the same places and in the same route. Every time you leave, they give you a shot of um, orange juice and vodka. Like We were getting pretty, like pretty drunk on this pub crawl. And it's cheap as chips. Happy out on our adventure around Berlin at night time. So because we're on a pub crawl, we have no idea where we are in relation to the hotel or in in relation to the generator or in relation to anything else in the city. I mean, my sense of direction is poor at the best of time. I inherited from my mother. One time we drove to the end of the world and the the road actually dipped into the sea. That's how bad (laughs) her sense of direction is. And I have the same. She actually once told me if I was ever lost to just keep going left. (laughs) (laughs) So I have... No, That's no funny. sense of direction whatsoever. So like, and I'm, I'm trusting these people and going along. How would that grand. work? I guess you, 
You'd go you'd end up in a where circle. You were. No, theoretically, you'd go in circles, but like the world isn't built in perfect squares. So you just keep going Edging in weird spirals. In direction slowly. You're just getting lost very slowly. <laughs> um, like somebody to intervene. Exactly. I think that's her plan. Mm. Cassie, so, just keep on turning left until someone helps you. Yeah, so we're going on all these little adventures <laughs> around <laughs> into our little pubs. God. Sorry, I think you've been still here. Do you remember he's not an Ambi Turner? That's right. Zoolander. Sorry. Um, so we're going on. I'm just trying to remember the details of the story because it's been so long since I told it. We're going to all these pubs, getting drunk, totally fine. First pub, great go with the gang to the next pub and when you get into the pubs you're kind of like mingling and in loads of them they're giving you shots all this kind of stuff in one there's like this little glass smoking room in the middle of it like we were having a ball and then it got to like I think it was the fifth pub the last place and they're getting progressively more night clubby as we go along in preparation for the Bergheim so I realised in this fifth one that I hadn't seen Ashling. Oh shit. In a while. <gasps> Who were you hanging out with? Like all these other people that are on these tours. Like you make friends with loads of other people. Not in a like not in a significant length of time, but I had I've been very, very careful and very cautious. And also she'd be my like bar buddy and like I wasn't just going up and getting myself a drink. I'd be like, Oh Ashling, do you want a beer? Blah blah blah. And I realized like, this is just Cassie's <laughs> friend MO. This is a replay of the start of the year in U C D when she actually met Ashling. Only now she's just meeting a bunch of other people in Berlin. They're like, like, Do you like band. do you like this band? Love and this Cassie's band. Like, I love fucking it. love Bauhaus. How did you know? I love this band, I love Berlin, I love everything. <laughs> Um, I love that hotel that Michael Jackson swung his child out of in Berlin that's where the blanket fun fact yeah Uh, really near the Holocaust Memorial though really Really? badly placed Hmm. Um, but so I hadn't seen Ashley badly placed child or badly placed hotel just story like just that you're going to one (laughs) you're going to two two very different landmarks very close together Um, because you can see the window from the memorial Hmm. but anyway so I went into the bathroom suspected that Ashling was in there and sure enough was looking under the cubicles not in a creepy way but like you know I was knocking on the doors and there was one that she, we've so all also done that at, so, so. yeah so looked under and realized that Ashling was in there and she was in a bad way and she was getting sick <gasps> in the bath in, oh, into no. the toilet right okay so I climbed over the cubicle went <laughs> into her slender man yeah like not like, a problem <laughs> that's where the spider <laughs> comes from climbed over all <laughs> six foot of me spaghetti arms climbed into the cubicle and like lowered myself down like mission spider. impossible spider. to get down to her sat there with the her for a while the shadow fell across <laughs> Ashley <laughs> you must never go there um and i went into her she was like yeah she was just in a really bad state like she just needed to be taken home but the problem was where is home where the fuck am i where is home and how much is it going to cost me to get her home because it's berlin but i could i'd be grand but i could have been anywhere right i had 12 euro in my wallet and i was like i can't i was like this isn't going to be enough and like you know when you know you could do you just call the police (laughs) <laughs> like they're just gonna drive you home. I think like calling free. The, calling the police on my she's a minor Irish friend. Anyway, so kind of Ashing started being a little bit more complimentary. Like I was with her for ages, and I was like, "Look, I'm gonna go to the ATM because I'm gonna get us a taxi back. I just go tell everybody else 
and whatever or like I'll go talk to the tour leader and just figure out what the best plan but when I left the bathroom they had all gone to the Bergheim because that was the plan they were never going like they were always going to leave us at this point and they didn't know what a state that that that, you know we were in just like that honeymoon couple when they were scuba diving so I found myself what happened to them again oh sorry yes Yes. did they fake their own death is that the story you're going to tell no they were just never seen again that, you know well spoiler I'm sitting here so like I didn't die okay but where's Ashley fair or IP <laughs> weird way imagine, to end it. I imagine I told never this like seen her again. untimely death of a minor in this really like but you like, couched okay, it as like, this is how I met my guardian angel I'm actually I made her <laughs> by allowing her to die of alcohol poisoning in and a Berlin toilet she hasn't left me in 10 years because I'm <laughs> deeply traumatised <laughs> Um, she's always with me so I decided that I should leave the bar and go find an ATM and get a taxi no no never split off yeah but she's in a cubicle she's not going anywhere she's not going anywhere she's Mm -hmm. fine and I thought that it'd be like Dublin you pop out and there's an ATM on a Harker they're close by or whatever right (laughs) now on the way that we were on the route we came across the red light district and I sang Roxanne walking down the street when I was drunk and Beautiful. that did not go down well. And I was told explicitly to stop it by the tour guides and everyone. And it wasn't funny that I had really greatly angered people naively, probably just with my voice. Again, volcanic.ie if you'd like to book it. <laughs> but I, um, I was basically, I had angered a whole strip of people so I didn't realize that in Berlin as well, the ATMs just aren't on the street. They're in those little They're in these weird things. little In foyers. the red light district. Just everywhere. But like, so I was walking around trying to find an so, ATM. Yeah, that's right. They're in. You've got to go you into You have to go the, in. So you're not, if you don't know that, you're looking for something. You're just passing doors. You don't, like, they, they're just not. They're everywhere. So you're, you're just wandering. You're just the turning tr- left. Yeah. I'm yeah. wandering <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly. wandering the streets. It starts to lash rain, right? This is long before roaming as well. So like, and I don't think I even had like a, a proper no smartphone. There was no, n- no technology helping me out. Did here. you know where, I mean, did I you know find where your I was? way back? Jen, it was no. 40 minutes walking when I realized oh I had God. no idea where I had come from. And oh. you've left and your best no pal God. in a fucking jacks. And no idea what the bar was called because we had been led there. So I couldn't even say. You're just a silly girl. Yes. Right. No idea. Fuck. How I got there. Because, I mean, I was also very, very drunk, just less drunk than Ashley. Okay. Okay. Fair. So I then found myself at the red light district, which was between bar two and three or something. Like it was a significant time and distance from where we were and I was at this street of people who I had angered there was this like concrete bridge overhead that just looked really really dangerous I was lashing rain it was really dark I had no idea where I was and then this tall Asian in a trench coat came up to me and said my name Mo follow me and what I was the like, fuck sorry I was like, stop you right there yeah, that's so, all he said. My name, oh, follow me. <laughs> Tall Asian in a trench coat. I know. Some oh. things that are not believable there. But yes, there was a tall Asian. 
not speaking much English. No English, other than my name Says, Mo, follow me. My name Mo, follow, follow me. me. Yeah, and I was like, and you know when someone, a stranger, is talking directly to you, and you're very visibly on your own. Yeah, quite visibly lost. Yes, I mean I'm soaking. I'm just walking around trying to find an ATM. I'm pretty sure maybe my my jacket or probably was even back in the thing. Like I remember being really in the midst of doing something, you know, like very visible that I wasn't wandering. Like like I wasn't going somewhere with purpose. I was lost. I was wondering. I didn't know whether this person had seen me wander around and had followed me. I knew I couldn't go back down the strip of people that I knew were dangerous and knew were angry at me. I didn't want to go You're so confident they remember you I know I'm like wow I was that (laughs) Six foot foot girl Singing Roxanne Only hours earlier But I was also just scared To go down there Because it was like Really populated and stuff And just seemed dangerous Just men looking for Yeah 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 And uh, There's just the dark Concrete kind of Laneway bridge thing So did this Mo guy Frighten you I mean, I was terrible. You know, when you're just like jolted by someone yeah. speaking to you when you're feeling in a vulnerable state. And did he walk like, oh, ahead God. of you or beside so then you? I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? So I was. You're going to stay babbling. sexy and not get murdered. Is but what I didn't get do. murdered. Spoiler alert. But I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'll just. I'll just follow him like. I was like, I'd what, like, what option do I have? I've I no guess. idea where I am. So to I be honest, the babbling. fact that he would be walking ahead yes, was he sort of walked, comforting. He walked ahead of me. He didn't touch you. The, no, no. He walked a good, like, two meters ahead of me. Like, not even, like, conversation. He just okay. was like, follow me. And then I started babbling and I was like, oh, my, fr-. I was like, I'm lost. I don't know where my friend is. All I know is that I'm like, I'm looking for an ATM. All I know is that there was she, like, red that's lights around the door. disastrous things to say to a stranger oh, as well. but like, I, here I am. I'm just so with a vulnerable and I'm no one in the world knows like, where I am right And I just now. have this card and this, I just need a cash point. Yeah, yeah. I just have all this money to take out. Um, but I was, yeah, I just was like, sure, fuck it. What option do I have? I'll follow this man, right? And he just, because he kept saying it, my name Mo, follow me. And he walked ahead of me. I was like, I need to find an ATM. Anyway, he walked ahead of me. At one point, he turned around and he offered me a spliff. And I was like, no, thank you. I don't think that that's going to add anything anything to this situation. (laughs) Clever. Um, I'm okay. Thanks very much. Say no. It's the first sensible thing you've done in about two hours. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) So then he leads me to an ATM. And I'm like... This man's probably going to rob Clearly, me. yes. No, I took out 40 quid, put it in my pocket. And then I was like, I don't know uh, where my, my, I was like, all I know is that the nightclub that I was in has red lights, like red rope lighting around the door. Um, Like, where is it? And he walked ahead of me for a good 25 minutes. And we arrived back at the nightclub. What the fuck? Yes. And then I turned around to thank him. And he was gone. Oh my God. Totally fucking gone, right? So I go in, I get Ashling, put her in a taxi, take her back to the generator. Irony, the taxi was 12 euro. Then I put her to bed. I went to the Burger King across the road. I kind of was like, that was a weird night. I had my Burger King, went back to the hostel. I was starving. She was in bed. Um, Went back into the hostel, blah, 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 went to sleep. Woke up the next day and I was like, Ashling weirdest fucking night told her the whole thing she's dying hungover and then she realized that she left her atm card in that nightclub 
And I was like, Ashling, it's fine. Like, all you have to say, it's it's the nightclub with the red lights around the door because, you know, everyone, everyone, everyone knows it. Like, yeah. it's obviously just a really famous place. And so we went down to the reception desk at the generator, the generator. And I was like, oh, what's the nightclub with the red lights around the door? And they just started laughing. And they were like, what? Like, you, no, whatever. And every club in the area has red lights around the door. It's how they indicate it's a nightclub. What the fuck? Okay, this frightens me as well because that indicates that Mo was watching you leave. If Mo was watching me leave, he was my guardian angel. Or he was just a rapist that decided, nah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not taking this babbling mess. Exactly. No, I, because I, he only appeared like at the time. You know, like I was, I was walking back on myself. It was like hyper alert, you know. You're like, right. I would have noticed you know, when you are that drunk though, speak. you do suddenly get a you real do, sober. You like, do, and I did, I did. When I was like stuck in the rain, realised I had no phone and was lost, I was like instantly sober and I was like, this is a bad situation to be in, in Berlin. So who the fuck is Mo? My guardian angel, my hash smoking guardian angel. Have you ever felt his presence again? Someone asked me this and I've, I one time thought I felt him, but I think I was just trying to feel him felt him as in like feel his presence and I'm like where is this tall Asian in a trench coat absolutely amazing yeah how weird like from his perspective must have just accidentally been going if he wasn't following you maybe you know when you're high and just sort of latch on to something and you're like I'm gonna go with this I can sort of see a high person <laughs> yeah, like yeah. following you but with no malice yeah intent. but like there would have been more interaction not necessarily with the person who was high but just follow me and take me back. But then yeah. like, and also, how did he know what nightclub I was going no to? No clue. I mean, it's an absolute mystery. I love that he didn't force small talk on you. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's that. really good. But like, that's my guardian like, angel would know that. Like, as soon as you that. were like, you know, he was going to lead you somewhere. And like, I was like, oh, fuck. She's going to be now making. Let's put this in context, this though. It's the equivalent of being, I guess, <laughs> like temple bar area. Of Berlin, presumably, where all the kind of bars are, all the tourists. But I don't think they were touristy stuff. Yeah, it's big. Like I've only been a few times, but like, yeah, it's not as concentrated. Great story. Awful word to use there in in reference to Germany, Sophie. Sorry. Wow. That's obscure. I think that's you making quite a huge leap there. (laughs) Concentrated. Good one. Great story, Cass. Thank you. What became of Ashling or IP? I think she lives in Canada now. I dropped out of UCD, so we kind of like gradually lost touch. See, the that thing really is, like, she wasn't there well. for that story. So you would have told her she was hung over. She was like, she yeah, Cass. Yeah, whatever. I mean, and I often she would like retell that, that story. Burger King and that now she wanted a I think I like would tell that story and I think that it was like, I, di- I mean, I played, I, it's only now that I'd be like, oh, Ashling was in a state and toilet. I'd be like, I was just on my own. Ah. Uh, and mm. now, now that you've got about what, mm. 10,000 people listening, you're willing to just unleash that. I didn't from. give you her second name. Um, I mean, how many Ashlings are there going to be in UCD? It's so good because now I've just recast the whole thing as Ashling, as in, oh my God, what a complete Ashling. Like, and it's literally Ashling who's in this story in my head. Oh my God, feel free, guys. Book five or whatever. Ashling goes to Berlin. Um, no, Ashling you know, goes when Berghard. he disappeared, did you try and kind of find him? Oh, like, no, I, well, I was so concerned about getting back inside, like, so relieved to be back there. Because at this time, at least an hour had passed since I had left. Was she right where you left her? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Didn't even realize I was gone. Wow. 
that she was really drunk. Wow. <laughs> Fucking hell. Wow. I think she was like having a snooze in the bathroom. Oh probably. my God. Face pressed against toilet seat. Oh, or like toilet seat slipped because it was broken and then face just against cistern against wall well or wall I just think the time the last time I looked under a cubicle to find a friend and they'd passed out mid piss <laughs> and oh, no. she just had gone to the side and the head was just like pressed against the uh, cubicle wall Another. everything else still perfectly kind of in position nicks just around the knee nice yeah it's been a really long time since I've had to pick up someone from a cubicle. So you learn from all these little things. I'm glad they happened when I was 18. Thank you, Cathy. I love that story. That was great. You're welcome. I love those I sort love of it. weird real life moments. Yeah. Of I think that's probably the weirdest one that's that's happened to me. But sometimes you need jogging. Like sometimes you'll be like, oh, my God. Now I remember that. Yeah. Some batshit thing yeah. happening to you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have, Sophs? I don't have a personal creep. I have a local creep. Okay, my uh, clickbait headline is... The Millionaire Who Wasn't There. Nice. Ooh. Rhyming. Okay, That's so... That's do a headline. Rhyming. On January 29th, 2013, so it's a recent and local creep. Nice. Amazing. A disheveled man... Shuffled out into the lights of an oncoming car in remote Leitrim late, late at night. The driver, randomly a former Sinn Féin councillor, uh, <laughs> Catherine Vallely, saw a red glow and for a moment mistook this figure who had a gaunt face and a billowing white beard for a traffic bollard, which is not what traffic bollards look like <laughs> at all <laughs> but they're allowed to drink and drive in the country <laughs> they fucking campaign for it so she was driving along with her friend a guy called Peter and um, she stopped like when they realised it was a figure they were looking at and not a bollard <laughs> and obviously she probably felt kind of safe enough in stopping because she had another person in the car with her so The figure they'd seen was a guy. He was wrapped in plastic sheeting, holding a flashlight, and he had a mobile phone on him, but it contained just one pre-entered number in the contacts list. I'm so into this. Uh, Was he alive? Yeah, he was walking (laughs) along the road towards Wrapped in cling film? Wrapped in plastic (laughs) sheeting. What's like plastic? Big, not kind of... Like, well, not great clothes, like, like. Okay. I think he was wearing, like, he was certainly wearing some clothes under the plastic sheeting. It wasn't a nude and covered in plastic sheeting situation, but he was wrapped in plastic sheeting. Not doing great, look, mm-hmm. by the sounds of it. He got into the backseat. He was fucking drenched, uh, just wearing socks. Um, it was lashing outside. He got into the backseat and he basically told them an unbelievable story. He had a kind of raspy voice and he said he'd been kidnapped and held underground in a secret like metal container for eight months. What? In County Leitrim. Yeah, huh? Why don't we know about this? He said, you, it might all now, there might be kind of familiarity coming along. He said he'd been dumped, just dumped like hours before mm-hmm. um, by three men in a van, but he had no idea where he was or what day it was. And do we have like a, a an idea of age? Ye, mm, 2013. Yeah, he was kind of 60s. Yeah, like older. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And like, he looked fucked. 
he was about Valeli said later he looked like he was about eight stone he had like inch long fingernails oh like there's a lot of people with eight inch long fingernails <laughs> it's a disgusting trend everyone needs to inch get over inch long but like sorry the ones that people are sticking onto themselves and getting done and like getting, getting like the renaissance paintings what on what the fuck get rid how are you scratching your arse what if you got your knickers caught up your hole I'd what are you going to send those really talents in it's really fucking satisfying arse scratch I'm growing mine at the moment look at that one that's for no. lashing out absolutely Seb. not comfortable with a long fingernail it's so so good for the scratching you know I've got the prego itch so Anyway, he, um, yeah, so he he basically painted a pretty bit terrifying picture. He had these kind of really long, discoloured fingernails. His voice was kind of like raspy and rattling as if he hadn't spoken in months. And most disconcerting of all, he had a word in, kind of inscribed in indelible ink across his forehead. What was it? It was thief in black. Mm. Now, it was misspelt. That's, there's no H. How was it spelled? Teef. 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 T-I-E-F. Right. T-I-E-F. That was my brother Mikey who probably wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't pronounce his T-H. But freaky. Yes, freaky. Why did they pick him up in the first place? I mean... Well, like, he looked I like guess. he was in trouble. He was in Like, he had no shoes. He was covered in plastic sheeting. He was, like, skeletal. Look, like he was Victoria Beckham thin. Eight stone like. It sounds sort of like a kind of uh, stag night for a 60 year old. It's uh, <laughs> gone terribly awry. It was near Carrick and Shannon. There you go. So, oh my God. Mystery the... solved. Thanks all for coming. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, Vallely did think later that it seemed odd that he didn't smell like a person who'd been captive for eight months would probably smell. Like. Right, interesting observation. So she just had noticed that in the car, that like, yeah, everything else was like, oh, what the fuck has this guy been through? But it just seemed odd that he didn't smell. Must have been clean. And um, <laughs> so uh, he asked Vallely to ring directory inquiries and get a number for a friend. Um, and they obliged and tried to ring his friend didn't work and then he called the single pre-registered number on the phone that he'd said the captors had given him okay and so that number uh, got through to a friend of his uh, a guy called John McNevin and so he said he explained to Vallely and Peter the friend in the car that this guy he'd left his cars with this McNevin guy shortly before he had been kidnapped like 10 months ago like his Porsche oh. and some other luxury vehicles. So okay. like Vallely and her friend were like... Also Leitrim. Okay. Like you've got Porsches. What are you doing Leitrim? Mm. So anyway, McGeever arranged on the phone with his friend no to offense, meet... if you're listening in Leitrim. No, but I'm not offence to Leitrim, but like a Porsche costs as much as a house in Leitrim. Leitrim is the, is the cheapest place to buy a house in Ireland, isn't it? Bargain town. Get on down to Leitrim Town. But and a Porsche is where like the prices are. You get no Porsche for a few grand. Ah, you wouldn't. You would. She's such a fucking you, liar. Would you? Look at her. She doesn't fucking know. She's there swimming her swimming wine. the wine. I fucking buy a Porsche tomorrow. Okay. So anyway, McGeever said, buy a Porsche now, Dan. Will, Dan will love it. <laughs> <laughs> don't deal. Don't deal. 
Um, McGeever said, okay, I'm going to meet my friend McNevin. Will you guys please bring me to this Tesco car park in Carrick on Shannon? Oh. <laughs> and um, they Hush. kind of said, okay, like, I mean, this was what the, you know, I suppose, tortured, recently captive man wanted. But as they were on the way to this Tesco car park, which was about 20k away, they passed a Garda station. He didn't want to stop in. And they decided, I will stop here, shall we? Yeah. So they pulled in and McGeever seemed totally, sorry, he's told them now his name is Kevin McGeever. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he, McGeever, seemed totally calm when they got to the Garda station. And uh, he spoke to a female guard who was on duty. Um, It, like, was confirmed that police in Galway were investigating his disappearance so you know everything was kind of getting tied up yeah and um Vallely noticed that like um he, he kind of retained a certain dignity even as he scoffed tea and biscuits in the Garda station in a rich man way in a rich man way and then ordered great choice curry chips from a nearby takeaway oh yeah delish I mean I fucking Love want them curry so chip. bad now Curry chips, like the yawn of food, like you kind of, kind of is contagious, you know, you couldn't. Actually, even... do you know what? Yeah. I had curry chips in Carrick and Shannon and they were very, <laughs> very good. Shout out to the Carrick and Shannon curry chips. So um, then McGeever was taken. So like Vallely, the Sinn Féin councillor, um, they parted ways at that guard station. And uh, McGeever was brought to hospital and the doctors like noted kind of muscle wastage, a few old injuries, mm-hmm. like definitely all kind of consistent with like being held captive and stuff. Though they were relieved to find that he didn't have any of the eyesight issues that you would find in someone who'd been kept in the dark for eight underground. months underground, as he said. Okay. Um, so I would just like to pause for a second and say that if this is a hoax, the plastic sheeting is a really good touch. Because like from the minute it started, I was like, that's... He's been held captive. He's wrapped in a plastic sheet. Plastic sheeting. It's got the ring of truth. So like, what are you going to be held captive in the nude? No, he's not in the nude, but like he's got, he's got oh, no sorry. blankets, you know? Okay, yeah, I guess. No comforters. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. Like you'd find an old bit of plastic you'd sheeting. You'd find a bit of plastic off a barrel of hay. You would. In Leitrim. You would. There's nothing but hay. Okay, so um, it wasn't until a few days after the whole incident that Vallely, uh discovered that the man she had driven in her backseat was wanted by the FBI and Interpol and did recently spend time in prison in Dubai in Germany. Amazing. What? So and was his name actually Kevin? Kevin, yeah. Is he Irish? Irish, yeah. What's he wanted for? Um okay, so Murder. Um yeah, the lady looked him up and realized that uh McGeever was a multi millionaire. Uh, with his own fleet of 13 luxury cars, all with personalized license plates, such as Mr. KMM, which adorned his Hummer. What's KMM? Kevin McGeever. His middle name is M something and McGeever's last name. Sorry. Uh, She also saw... Kevin Millionaire McGeever. (laughs) A much more hale and hearty 14 stone McGeever standing in front of a helicopter that also said KMM. Uh, on the side, which is his property company's name and his own initials. I was going to ask, how do you make his money? Now, did transpire that both the helicopter and most of the luxury cars were leased 
and the helicopter he'd actually just hired it on the day, put the KMM on the side, took the snap, and then, you know. Did it for the gram. Did it, it was all for the gram. Jesus. Um, so the guards suspected from an early stage that McGeever may have been lying about the abduction. Um, now, obviously, he did go to great lengths for kind of the, you know, to what? kind of like, just, well, like he lost half his body weight and grow yeah. the nails and pick up the plastic. He just sheet. did and keto. Also, the word on his forehead was not coming off. Like that was indelibly printed there on his head. You can still see pictures. Are you where trying it's to tell us it was visible. tattooed? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I know he had to have laser to remove it. Oh my god! Like about fourteen sessions, but like none of the um, reports I read describe it as tattooed. But it was tattooed. Yeah, it was definitely was. So anyway, they did suspect that something was amiss, and um, because he alleged that he had been abducted on May twenty seventh, the previous year. So remember, it was January that he was found um, in twenty thirteen. So May twenty twelve, three masked men, according to him, stormed his Galway mansion. It's called Nirvana. <laughs> um, but his life partner, Siobhan O'Callaghan, didn't report him missing until the end of June and also asked the guards to not make any kind of public appeal. And then they found that three texts were sent from McGeever's phone while he was supposedly in ca- captivity and they were texts sending Siobhan things like, don't be worrying. Um, and then they traced the texts and discovered they were sent from Germany and Northern Ireland. Oh, my God. They did some house-to-house inquiries um, in Clontarf, where they also, McGeever and his partner, Siobhan, I just got to stop you there, because Nirvana... Is stunning. ...is for sale. Oh, brilliant. 650 grand. Hey, that's quite cheap. Four bed. It's it's a Leitrim, though, isn't it? No, it's in Ornmore. Go away. Yeah. Anyway, go on, so... Ornmore's lovely. It's got a fucking pool out the front. Whoa, look at it. 650 bargain oh my god give, give me a link to that now send that over and put I'll it in the um, mother of whatsapp please uh, sure. um, is this the actual picture of the thing on his forehead let's see uh, yeah that was when like right when yeah. he was caught but then like there's I have other pictures of it when it's fainter after like he had to do but can 14 we just do laser a it's misspelled but someone has done that thing that you do in primary school where you like try to insert upside down V between the T and the I and he's written H above it <laughs> oh, oh that was again so bad. Yeah, just tried to like shove it in there. Um, so they, oh yes, well, they had uh, done some uh, inquiries among the neighbours in Clontarf who uh, lived beside where McGeever and Siobhan also owned an apartment and basically they found a neighbour who said he just like saw McGeever in 2012, kind of um, John Darwin style, uh, more than a week after he was supposedly kidnapped. Um then, like, it was all kind of falling into place because uh, they just learned that he was being pursued by, like, many, many Irish investors. Of course. Who had lost millions. And this is just before the crash or no, just, just after. after the crash. Yeah. Gotcha. So one of the Irish investors, right, who, um, like, McGeever had obviously done some dodgy dealings with, was himself kidnapped. And this is for reals. Oh. He was kidnapped by two masked men who brought him to see McGeever in captivity, right? In the underground bunker, apparently. Now, he may not have known where he was being brought. Yeah. But he was taken, like. And um, the ca- kidnappers 
told this guy, Kevin Cook, the disgruntled investor, that um, they wanted 10 million from McGeever's release. So the guards theory was that like Cook had been captured brought to see where McGeever was being held to kind of like obviously it was real reinforce yeah and back up McGeever's claim that he'd been kidnapped and also to get the word out to all the other pissed off investors that McGeever didn't have any money not even to get himself out of fucking kidnap okay so it's kind of there was like a bit of a dual purpose for that so the whole way through McGeever was talking all about his ordeal he'd been starved for eight months and a day his partner his uh, like Siobhan O'Callaghan had actually gone into hospital with terminal cancer the day before he was quote unquote released okay and was picked up on the road by Vallely um and she died in the interim. Oh, God. So all the way through this, he was just going on about his ordeal and sticking to his story. Fourth interview, McGeever admitted he made it all up. <laughs> in a recorded statement to Guardi, he said, I am very relieved to have gotten this off my chest. I wish to offer my sincere thanks to the Guardi for their work. <laughs> their work what? investigating. Imagine. A fictitious kidnapping. I am very sorry to have wasted guard of time, he said. This was all in a recorded statement to the guards. So the guards had spent six months and an estimated 90 grand investigating the fake kidnapping. So McGeever was charged with wasting guard of time and he was also charged with knowingly making up false reports um, uh, regarding false imprisonment, assault, threats to harm, all things like that. So... It then transpired that the Criminal Assets Bureau had been in fa- had been investigating McGeever for years and they'd actually secured high court judgments against him. Uh, but all they could, the only assets they could find was Nirvana. Right, and, which um, we've established now isn't actually worth that much. Sadly not worth that much. And um, they definitely came away from uh, from the court proceedings believing that he has money overseas. But like it's conjecture. They think it might be in kind of Panama or Australia or the Canary Islands. Mm. And so in the court, um, his barrister read out an apology on McGeever's behalf and described his fantasy abduction as the aberration of an elderly man under stress. Oh, and God. McGeever escaped with a two year suspended sentence. What? He did, of I course. Guess he didn't have to pay it. Back all the money that he fucking nothing by the sounds of it. Now, I have a little kind of what would you call it like addendum? I've called it the McGeever CV. Okay, would you like to know a little bit about McGeever? Yeah, Yeah. okay. So, in a 30 career, 30 year career, conning his way across four continents, (laughs) he has pretended to be. A property developer, a roofing contractor, a Harvard-educated doctor of arbitration, a psychologist, a best-selling author, and are you pretending to be a best-selling author? <laughs> <laughs> and president of a fictional bank, um, where he was he purported to deal exclusively in a hundred million dollar trades. So he was president of a fictional bank. Amazing. Like that's a pretty good con. He still managed to get like investment and money from people. Okay. It was a white middle class man. It's just a white, white man. <laughs> I think they like. Give the man the money. They must just like knock on a glass door with their little willies. And they just. It opens up and someone's like. Open Here you go. They just meet a friend. 
A friend of a friend. Here you go, White Wolf. You look familiar, White Wolf. Okay, so he was born in Mayo, right? And his dad was a builder. And uh, McGeever worked with the dad when he was growing up. And his first deal, uh, he was he's very proud of. Um, he They were stopping on the way home from work one day. He was really young. He and his dad went into the pub. And the publican told them that there was a site outside town for sale. And McGeever managed to pay a £50 deposit for the site, Mm -hmm. got building materials on credit, built a house and managed to sell it before he had ever even paid for the land. That's how you do it. (laughs) I knew you. I was like, this is Jen's. Jen's face is just lit up. (laughs) This is just, he's OG Dell boy, basically. He used the profits from that to buy six sites in Castlebar. He says he was a young lad with big dreams. Uh, even then, he was infatuated with that kind of idea of the successful man um, who went to England, got their fancy cars, and then they'd obviously come back home kind of out to Mayo or whatever, and he'd mm-hmm. kind of see that going on. So I've kind of like divided the CV into a few little sub-cons. So there's the old long-term parking at the airport trip. Trick. <laughs> Not trip. Trick. So in 73, when he was 29... Allegedly, he abandoned his first convertible Jaguar um, at Dublin Airport and left behind astonished friends and a small unfinished housing development that he'd been building in Nace. And he just never came back. What? So he just like ran out on some housing development that he was yeah. made build. Apparently, allegedly. His response to this claim was that um, I decided to take a trip overseas and that trip overseas continued over the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, I did business everywhere. I did fantastic business. I set up businesses and sold them. I had a good life. So the old leave the car at the airport uh, trick continued in the 1980s in Australia he abandoned his De Tommaso sports car at Sydney Airport. Why Why was he doing that, though? Leaving behind his wife, Val May, their two young daughters, Renee and Chanel, and the four-bedroom luxury waterfront home complete with swimming pool that they shared. And he hadn't paid for. He also left behind at least five investors who had each been conned into buying the same roofing business. See you gone uh. by. The Irish goodbye. The Irish goodbye. <laughs> okay, next subcategory of scam, the fake bank scam. In 2000, with the FBI on his trail for his $8 million fake bank scam, basically the FBI af- went after him after he set up a fake bank in Liechtenstein, in which... Various investors all over the world kind of lodged an estimated 8 million, 3 million of which never materialized again. Presumably he funneled it away wherever. He was indicted in his absence in court in Los Angeles for this in 2003. And he could still face arrest if he ever returns to the US. His response to the fake bank in Liechtenstein claim? Simple. A case of mistaken identity. <laughs> Quote, there are probably literally thousands of people that emigrated from Ireland called McGeever. Mm. Strangely enough, there's an awful lot of Kevin McGeevers living in America on the East Coast, in Arizona and in Florida, all over the place. They got me confused with somebody else. He finishes, how the hell would I set up a bank in Liechtenstein? Brilliant. Um, I like the cut of this guy's jib. I, I knew you would. Uh, he Except for the leaving his... Whatever happened to his family in Australia? Well, he went on... 
to marry again and abandon this wife in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Wow. And also the home he shared with her and a fleet of leased sports cars. Um, So he came back to Ireland to reinvent himself as a Celtic Tiger property developer. And eventually that wife, um, Miss Shea, uh, secured a divorce 10 years after she just hadn't seen him. Okay. Um, And basically their court papers just say that McGeever couldn't be traced. Wow. In the meantime, McGeever had about 60 Irish investors who all thought they were buying dream homes in Dubai. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> they were just building Nirvana in Galway. <laughs> so Kevin McKeever basically like, kind of do- like twice sold some properties to some people, sold other apartments which were entirely fictitious, allegedly, and uh, then used investors' money to buy commercial property for himself. Uh, then he'd sell the same commercial floors to multiple buyers in a scam that involved like, Buyers in Ireland, Russia, China. It's quite extensive. Um, uh, basically, an estimated 70 million passed through McGeever's hands. And much of that still goes unaccounted for. Um, we do know that he spent 4.5 million on Nirvana. No, that's what? not true. Both buying and refurbishing it. Look, Maybe I during had a little the... flicky through the pictures Now, it's there. in Crawwell. Yeah, Crawwell. No, mine was Ordmore. Try Ordmore. Nirvana Crawwell. C-R-A-U-G-H-W-E-L-L. Maybe the land. Hardly. Spell that again. Crawwell. C-R-A-U-G-H-Well. So like, he had really, really. Oh man, sorry, it's fucking different. <laughs> Go um, on, give us a shot. It's humongous. It looks like a an estate. Okay, so in we're England. looking at an aerial view. That There's looks... many houses attached to one giant house. It does uh, look the old. There's a fountain. Uh, yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah. Legit. The other one though is very nice. Oh my god! More. Have now look at that greenhouse. Oh, look beautiful at that. Beautiful conservatory. It's not, it's not attached. Oh. It's just like one of those It looks like one of the ones from the Victorian, Botanical Gardens. Yeah, Victorian greenhouse. The, the fucking dream. head in them though. I mean. Well, he's kind of a bouffant kind of, isn't it? He's not. He's, well, you know, power and charisma and, and he obviously has a lot of that. Because. So no amount of Hummer. Hummer. <laughs> could get you over that face. Could. Induce he's you got to a really little like he's. Do you know what he actually looks like? Don't, don't slag his looks. No, Why? That's not fair. Well, okay, so his his investors were not just like fools. They were all very serious business people. It was the Celtic Tiger? Everyone was a millionaire. Mad. Yeah, and like. Um, so like do you remember that Kevin Cook guy poor lad who also got fucking kidnapped for his troubles he had handed over 800,000 for seven apartments in Dubai Mm -hmm. and uh, made multiple payments like handed over all that money and then like McGeever would like call to his house and show him pickies of like fake construction (laughs) shots from Dubai and and completed bathrooms. Like basically probably McGeever was all over Pinterest. Well, Nirvana was, was part of like, the look. I mean, yeah. if you're going up to Nirvana, you're like, this guy's got loads of and then, Like exactly. So the reality was that like half of the apartments he was touting just did not even exist. Or as I said, he was actually double selling them to multiple clients mm. and others were being sold without McGeever even owning them. Uh, so anyway, after he left Dubai in 2011, 
Um, so he was obviously going back and forth a fair bit at this point because mm-hmm. he was based in Ireland. He was arrested in Germany and he was to face extradition back to the UAE. Um, but the case fell through. His response, all a load of crap right from the beginning. Oh my God. He was on this- a business trip. He was about to sit down to a lovely banquet when a nice German policeman discreetly called him aside. Um, I found out later that a particular party in Dubai had lodged a complaint and um, they said they'd be holding me until they got further instructions. But the Germans said it was all a big joke and they didn't really take it seriously. And so he was just totally grand. So is this fella still living in his big Nirvana mansion? I have no idea. I struggled to find. Basically, the your your BuzzFeed headline could have been like, privileged white man does loads of things with no consequences whatsoever. Yes, I know. I had a good, well, they made a documentary. A journalist called uh, Brian, I want to get a name right because he helped me on my research. Brian Carroll made a documentary about him called we need to talk about Kevin. Very good. Um, and I really wanted to say use that BuzzFeed headline, but I just was like, no, I can't use theirs. So they made a documentary that I cannot find. And if anyone in RT is listening, get that up on the player. Like the people need on. to see it. Um, so he made a documentary and followed him for three years and like just seemingly like could never get to the bottom of this guy. And... Yeah, just the unending swindles. And I also got a lot from an article from the uh, Independent by Maeve Sheehan, who did an interview with him after he had been given the suspended sentence and apologizing for wasting guarded time. Um, But he seemed to hint to her in the interview that actually the uh, kidnapping had all been true. Um, Mm. mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's the story of Kevin McGeever. Very good. Came to us courtesy of a listener. Um, Thank you, Lisa Cohen, for spotting and sending that my way. There's like when you got the thief kind of lasered off. Oh, that's right. It's kind of fading there. Sad. But yeah. Sad. Mad. 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 What you can sort of get away with. I mean, yeah. But thank you, Sophs. As a man. Excellent. Excellent creeping this week. See you next week. Have we done all our up top downstairs? Up top um, downstairs. Follow us on all the things on Instagram. Have we surpassed 2,000 followers on the gram? Which is still only a genuinely a fraction of the people who listen to this podcast. Sure, so. it is. Please go and come on, guys. Or is it? Why are you withholding? Just come and follow. Why? Uh, 2,600. We know or you're there. And six. Woohoo. <laughs> We and thanks for all there. our patrons, patrons, which patrons. is it? patrons, appreciate you sincerely. Um, thank you very much. We'll see you in person very soon at Henrietta Street and Cork and Cork podcast festival in Cork. Looking and forward to it. And see ya. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.